Welcome to Guided Way Ministries with Pastor Alan Rogers. In a fast-growing cold world, this message offers you the bread of life and an opportunity to drink from the fountain of living water. In this message, you will hear only the truth, and if you do not want to listen to it, turn it off. If you are hungry for revelation in the Word of God, if you hunger and thirst after righteousness, if you are looking to be spiritually uplifted, be willing to listen, and listen with all your attention. For what you will hear in this message is not carnal, but spiritual. We hope you are blessed, edified, and fully rejuvenated in your spirit to continue with everyday life. Peace be unto you all. And I thank God for another day. I thank Him for blessing me to be in the land of the living one more time. After Sunday and after Friday, it's been it's been good to think of how your relationship is with God. And, and everything that you do, are you doing it for the glory and the honor of God? And I, I praise God. I had a prayer request on Wednesday that the people that I was working for is started to get thinking that I was not doing what I was supposed to be doing because they added. And we prayed, and after we prayed, I went back over there and the whole attitudes were different. So it was a misunderstanding on our part. And I praise God for that because he knows that we're not supposed to strive, we're not supposed to argue, we're not supposed to get upset if they hit you on one cheek, we're supposed to turn and let them hit you on the other cheek. But God does not let somebody just walk all over you for you know no reason most of the time so everything was different we went i told him i'm going to talk to everybody you know make sure we're all on the same page and there's no hard feelings but before i could even say i said i was gonna say and they said oh it was all a misunderstanding everything's fine you're doing what you're supposed to be doing and i was just like thank you jesus for solving the problem before i even got there so i praise god for that and it made me want to to think and to do more because I remember the scripture about Cain and Abel, and Cain and Abel, they both brought God a sacrifice. But Cain brought of the fruit of the ground, just kind of something that was there. When Abel brought of the fat and the blood and, and, and a sacrifice that was well-pleasing. And it wasn't that God just liked Abel and not Cain, because God told Cain, if you would have done well, wouldn't you be accepted too? which means Cain didn't do well. He brought an offering, but he didn't bring the best. When we serve God, we have to serve God our best, not just something to do. We go to church on Sundays because we feel obligated. We're supposed to go because we want to. We're supposed to serve God the very best that we have, not just give him some random leftovers. I'm going to serve God because I'm going through something, or I'm going to serve God because I really want that car, or I'm going to serve God because I need help for my family. But as soon as God does it, we're out the door. We're not in church no more. We're not going to pray. We're not reading anymore because God answered what we wanted. That's not serving God the best that we can. Serving God the best that we can is to serve God no matter what the situation is. We will serve the Lord. I believe it was um, Joshua that said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I don't care what you're doing. I don't care what they're doing. I don't care what the whole world is doing. As for me and my house, 
we will serve the Lord. We're gonna today's lesson is called Do Your Best. We're gonna be reading a couple scriptures in 2 Samuel. I'll read 2 Samuel 6:14. Then we're going to 2 Samuel 24, 22 through 24, Psalms 119, 147 through 49, Ruth 116 through 18, Mark 15:21, Esther 4:10 through 14, and Luke. 22, 31 through 32. Let's pray. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for another day. Thank you, my God, for gathering us together one more time. Thank you, my Father, for being so gracious unto us. Everything that we have came from you. Everything that is good comes from you. And I thank you and I praise you. My God, let this seed be planted upon good ground today. Let us hear spiritually and let us see spiritually that we may live a life that is pleasing and acceptable in your sight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So in 2 Samuel, the 6th chapter and the 14th verse, it says in David... Now, this is a story of David, and he got the Ark of the Covenant. He became king, and he wanted to bring the Ark of the Covenant to the city of David. He wanted God to be with him. He wanted the Ark to be where he was at. Sometimes we want God to follow us, but we don't need God to follow us. We need to follow God. We want God to be with us, but we don't want to be with God in a way of speaking because when God says don't do this or do this and love one another and have compassion and and pray without ceasing we don't want to do all of that but then when we get in trouble we want God right there well David was different David wanted to be with God at all times he always wanted to be in the presence of God the Bible says that David was a man after God's own heart which means if you are if you know somebody's heart you know what they think you know what they like you know what they dislike you you know how to make them happy david knew how to make god happy he knew how to walk a life that was pleasing to god because he was a man after god's own heart the way god wanted to feel david felt a lot of psalm david spoke psalm of what jesus went through he was a man after God's own heart. He wanted to be in the presence of the Lord. If you read about David, you will find that he said, you know, I live in a house of cedars, but the tabernacle is in a tent. He didn't want the tabernacle. In other words, he didn't want his God to live in a lesser house than he was living in. He wanted God to be in the best that he could be beneath. And the same thing we need to do today, God needs to be first in our life and we need to promote God, we need to lift him up, we need to serve God and our flesh needs to be beneath. David always wanted the best for his God and we need to have the best for our God. And David, he brought the Ark of the Covenant in verse 14, it says, And David danced before the Lord with all his might. And David was girded with the linen ephod. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of the trumpet. And as the ark of the Lord came unto the city of David, Michael, Saul's daughter, looked through a window and saw David leaping and dancing before the Lord. And she despised him in her heart. You know, sometimes we don't leap and we don't dance and we don't shout and we don't clap our hands and we don't praise the Lord based on what people 
my thing. And I say that because that was my problem for many, many years. I was in church. I was 17 years old. I was deacon of the church. And I would want to dance, but I wouldn't because I didn't want somebody to make fun of me. My mom used to always say, you can't do that. You can't quench the Holy Ghost. If the Holy Ghost wants to dance through you, you need to let the Holy Ghost dance. And I didn't for many, many years. So when David, he danced with everything that he had. When you serve God, you need to serve God with everything that you have. Give it all to God. He wants nothing but the best, and that's what we need to give God. It doesn't matter who's watching. It doesn't matter if nobody's watching. It doesn't matter if there's a crowd of people or a few people. If you feel the need to praise the Lord, then praise the Lord. If he gave you something, be grateful. If he did something for you, in which he always is, be grateful. Don't hide your praise and don't hide what you're feeling because somebody is watching. David danced with all his might and when she came out here and talked to him about it, he said, I will be more vile than this to my God. You thought I was dancing? Wait till you really see what I will do for the Lord. I will serve the Lord with everything that I got. David didn't care who was watching. He wanted to serve the Lord. A lot of us, we will serve the Lord if our flesh allows us to. Sometimes we come to church and we say, and I know this was my saying for a long time, when the Holy Ghost moves, I'll move. Sometimes you can't let the Holy Ghost move you. You have to move yourself. See, because the Bible says that David danced with all his might, which means God gave you strength already. You have the ability to shout. You have the ability to clap your hands. You have the ability to dance. You have the ability to praise God. You don't need to wait until the right moment before you do something. Sometimes you have to make it happen on your own. When you see God and you want to praise God, you don't have to wait till somebody else does it. You need to do it on your own. David danced with all his might. It didn't say that the Holy Ghost came upon him or the Spirit of God fell upon him like it has in, in times past. With, um, with Samson, the Bible said that the Spirit of the Lord would come upon him and he would receive strength and he would do the impossible. But with David, the Spirit of the Lord did fall upon him. He used what God had already gave him. He gave you strength, use it. He gave you feet, use them. He gave you hands, use them. He already gave you everything you need to praise the Lord. He don't, you don't need more. You just need to use what you have. I waited for so long, and one day when we were over here in this church, I was at my house, and I was going to church, and I said, Lord, I want to dance for you. And Jesus said, well, then dance. And I said, okay, well, the, the right moment has to be. You know, the Holy Ghost has to be. And Jesus said, no, it doesn't. If you want to dance, just dance. So in my mind, I said, you know what? When I get to church, I'm going to dance. And I came to church, and I was so happy that there was only a couple people here. And I said, this is going to be the night. And it was a Holy Ghost night. And I said, I'm going to dance tonight. And there was just a few of us. And then I saw more people coming in. And my desire to dance began to decrease. And I said, yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to do this. <laughs> no, there's too many people. And then more people came in, and I said, yeah, I'm really not going to do this now. And Jesus said, I thought you said you wanted to. And I said, well, I do. And he said, well, then do it. And I said, okay. So I was up here, and I, people didn't know, but I was up here psyching myself out. You have to dance. You have to dance. You have to do. Well, I need the Holy Ghost. No, you don't. Just go and dance. And I said, no, I don't know about all this. 
So I was walking off the stage and I was just gonna make myself dance and a lady that I don't know, but I talked to her once before I walked in the door and I said, oh yeah, that's not gonna happen because for one, I don't know how to dance and now it's a new person that I really don't know. I'm not gonna do it. But the Holy Ghost convicted me and said, if somebody can walk in here and stop you from praising me, what do you think I'm gonna do when you need me? Would you want anybody to be able to stop me from blessing you? And I said, no, I don't want anybody to stop you from blessing me. So I got down here, but let me tell you something. When I made it up in my mind to dance, I felt that embarrassment and that shame. I felt it break because sometimes you have to make it happen. The things that you are tied down with, the problems that you are facing, sometimes you have to break those chains loose. You have to use what God gave you. Don't always wait for God to do more for you because he already did. When Jesus was on the cross, what did he say? It is finished. Jesus already got it all prepared for you and I. He already made it possible. He gave us everything that we need. So if we have any kind of addiction, boundaries, uh, cords, or whatever we're bound with, problems, issues, you got to do that on your own. And when God sees that you're going to do it on your own and nothing's going to stop you, he's not going to make it impossible. He will open every door that you need to walk through. When I got off this stage and my feet started moving, I felt you are not embarrassed to serve the Lord no more. If the Holy Ghost wants to move, he can move. I don't want to tie down the Holy Ghost anymore. After I just closed my eyes, I didn't care who was watching. I was going to serve the Lord. You know, if you want to look, look, but you know, I'm going to serve the Lord. I don't want Jesus to base his blessings on me based on who's watching or what they say. Because when I need Jesus, I need Jesus. I don't need him to say, well, there ain't nobody looking, so then I'll bless you. But if there's a crowd of people, I'm not going to do anything for you because there's too many eyes. I don't want him to think that. I don't want him to do that. When we need Jesus, we need him no matter what is going on. We need Jesus. So when it comes time for us to give praise back to God, we need to not worry about what somebody's doing. We're going to 2 Samuel 24, 22 through 24. And Arana said unto David, Let my lord the king take and offer up what seemeth good unto him. Behold, here be oxen for burnt sacrifice, and threshing instruments, and other instruments of the oxen for wood. All these things did Arana, as a king give unto the king, and Arana said unto the king, The Lord thy God accept thee. And the king said unto Arana, Nay, but I will surely buy it of thee at a price. Neither will I offer burnt offerings unto the Lord my God, of that which does cost me nothing. So David bought the threshing floor and the auction for 50 shekels of silver. See, a lot of times we want to serve the Lord if it's free. If it doesn't cost us anything. If we feel like it, we will serve the Lord. But David said, I'm not going to offer God a sacrifice that doesn't cost me nothing. When we wake up in the morning and the Lord whispers in your ear, praise me. And while I'm tired, let that tiredness be put aside and praise the Lord. If he puts it on your heart, read the Bible. Don't let it be, well, I got to go to work. I don't have time. He knows what time you have to be at work. He knows how tired you are in the morning. He knows what you're going through. He knows how you feel. And when he tells you to do it, if you just do it, you will find out that that's what you needed in order to make it through the day. You have to be obedient. When he puts it on your heart to do something, just do it. Don't let nothing get in your way. 
Don't serve the Lord based on how your flesh feels. There's a lot of times when I was going to read back in the day and it was like you could read the Bible or you could go to sleep. And I would choose sleep because sleep in the morning is me. But that's when God began to say, you know what, you give me the leftovers. I don't want your leftovers. I want the fresh. I want new. I want the best that you have to offer. So when you get up in the morning, you don't need to give God two hours of prayer. If you can, good for you and the more the better. But don't give him 30 seconds either. I would sit at the end of my bed, thank you Jesus for waking me up this morning and then going about my day. And I could imagine Jesus, I don't listen to that. That didn't even come from your heart. That was kind of a habit. But you know, I found my days to be more blessed when I would get up and I would actually pray for more than 30 seconds. When I would actually read more than a verse, I found my days to be so much more successful. Not only in the physical, but spiritual. You're happy throughout the day. When you give God praise, he inhabits the praises of Israel and he will be with you. But when you let tiredness get in the way, then you're really serving tiredness instead of God. When you let your job get in the way, you're serving your job instead of God. When you let obstacles get in your way, you're serving them instead of God. And then when the devil fights you, what happens? Now you want to call Jesus, but he's not there. You should have had him, I heard it on Friday, all week long. You should have prayed all week long. You should have been spending time with God giving him your best, not the leftovers. Because then when you really need him, you don't know how to get in touch with him because you haven't been talking to him. You've given him the leftovers. Now you want his best. He said, when I called, you didn't answer. When you call, I won't even hear. Let's give God our best, not our leftovers. We're going to Psalms 119, 147 through 149. I prevented the dawning of the morning and cried. I hoped in thy word. Mine eyes prevent the night watches that I might meditate in thy word. Hear my voice according unto thy loving kindness, O Lord. Quicken me according to thy judgment. You know, the more the more you have to pay for something, the more valuable it is, normally. Sometimes you buy something really expensive and the cheap thing was does better than the expensive thing. But on a bigger scale, that doesn't always happen. You buy something too cheap, you get cheap. It'll last maybe a day or so and then you gotta go buy it again. Well, in giving God a sacrifice, if it doesn't cost you something, it's not that valuable. When you get up in the morning and you're going to pray and you feel like you should pray or you should read or you should just give God thanks and you say, I will after I get some sleep. When you get rested and you wake up, oh, thank you, Jesus, that, that praise wasn't that valuable. But when you do it in the most hardest time and you praise God no matter what the situation is, that is valuable. When you have tears running down your face and everything seems to be going wrong and still you say like Job, the Lord is blessed gave and the Lord has taken away blessed be the name of the Lord and you don't lose your integrity that's when it counts that sacrifice is worth something when you feel like nothing's going good for you and everything's going contrary to what you wanted to happen and you still have time to praise the Lord that one is where to count when you get up and you go and you're, you're, you're in pain your knee might be hurting your headache might be going on your stomach doesn't feel good you feel like it's you should be going to the hospital but you decide to read the bible or you decide to just say thank you jesus that is worth something when you're all peaches and everything is good and life is good and you say thank you jesus he likes it but it's not that valuable it's more valuable when you give him something that cost you something. That lady that gave two mites was more valuable than everybody that was putting in because she 
gave her living. That was everything she had. She didn't worry about what am I going to eat tomorrow. She didn't worry about what am I going to, how am I going to pay these bills. She worried about I'm going to give God what I have. And that was everything. It was all her living she gave. And Jesus honored it more than those that were putting in a lot. Because they were putting in a percentage of what they had. She gave everything. Don't give God just a percentage. Give God everything you can. That doesn't mean you have to read your Bible 24 hours a day. That's impossible. That means read when you can. Pray when you can. Give God thanks and glory when you can. Give him as much as you can all the time, every day, and then it will start counting for something. Don't just give it to him when things are good. Let us take a look at Ruth 1, 16 through 18. And Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee or to return from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go, and where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God my God. Where thou diest, will I die, and there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also, if aught but death part thee and me. When she saw that she was steadfastly minded to go with her, then she left speaking unto her. See, that's how we need to be in our walk with God. Jesus, where you are, I will be. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. Where you die, I will die. Where you live, I will live. Everything you do, I will do. See, Ruth didn't have nothing. She lost her husband and everything. The Bible says, if you read in the story a little bit more, uh, Naomi said, I went out full, which means she had everything. When uh, Ruth got married, she married into a family that had everything. And then they lost everything. And Naomi said, I came back empty. Ruth didn't come back with nothing, but her love was beyond what she could see. Our love needs to be beyond the way that we feel. When it feels like we lost everything, we still need to cleave to Jesus. We still need to hold on. We still need to give him the praise. We still need to give him the thanks and the glory. We still need to serve God the same, even when we think we lost everything. Because when you hold on and you are that steadfast minded to I'm going to stick with you no matter what, God never lets that go unrewarded. Job got twice as much as he had and he was already the richest man and he got twice as much. The three Hebrew boys, when they went in the fire, the fire had no power over them. They got out and they were promoted. When Daniel was thrown in the lion's den, he got out and he was promoted. Everything that you go through, if you say, I will let nothing separate me from the love of God and you hold steadfast to God's unchanging hand, you will come out on top. If you serve God based on how you feel, you'll never serve him. Something will always come up. I don't feel good today. My head hurts today. My stomach doesn't feel right. My knee hurts. My ankles is out of joint. Something will always come up. My car didn't start. I don't have gas money. I overslept. Something will always come up. But if you say, you know what? I don't care if I have to walk. I'm going to walk. I'm going to church. I will make a phone call. I will do what I got to do. I'm going to serve the Lord. And if you can't make it to church, that doesn't mean you can't still pray and read. You have to always spend time with God no matter how you feel. And if you keep in mind, the sicker I am, the more my praise will count. The more I'm in pain, the more my praise will count. So when I'm going through something, I'm going to make sure that I praise the Lord because this one will be a value and he will value it. If you want to praise him just because you're having fun, he loves the praises of Israel. He inhabits them, but they're not as important as the one that is going through a lot and still holding on. Because it's easy to praise God when you have everything. 
It's easy to praise God when all things are going your way. Look at that man. We'll take an example of that young man that told Jesus, um, what can I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, keep the commandments. And he said, all this have I done since for my youth. I've kept all the commandments all my life. That's because he had everything. He was rich. He didn't lack nothing. But when Jesus told him, get rid of your riches, <laughs> he couldn't do that no The whole keeping the commandments was that, no, I can't do all this. I got to keep on. So it is easy to serve the Lord when you don't need nothing. It's hard to serve the Lord when you don't have anything. And you got to trust him. You got to know that he's going to provide and you can't see it. You got to know that he's not going to let you go through more than you can bear when it feels like you're at your end. And you got to still give him praise. That's when it's valuable. That's when the praise really, really counts. We're going to Mark 15, 21. And they compel one Simon of Cyrenian who passed by coming out of the country, the father of Alexander and Lupus, to bear his cross. Before that, Jesus had used the power that he had. Remember the story when he came walking on the water in the ship and was in the sea and they were tossed with the wind and he comes walking on the water. Now that is incredibly spiritual power to walk on water. So you know he had all the power he needed to do whatever he wanted to do. And he walked on this water. When he got to them to the ship, the Bible says that when he got in the ship, immediately it was on the other side. He had taken the ship and his disciples all the way to the other side. They didn't have to spend that time traveling. God can do anything, but when he was carrying his cross, he didn't use that power. He could have spiritually used his spiritual power and been at the top of the mountain without any help, but he didn't. Because everybody does not have that same working of miracles, that same kind of power to do those things. We all have Jesus, but we don't all have the same calling. So he did it himself. But you know what scripture he fulfilled? Is when God said, I will not suffer no more to come upon you than you're able to bear. And right before Jesus collapsed, he sent Simon to bear his cross with him. Jesus will not let you do it by yourself. You just got to trust him you just have to trust him i don't care how bad it looks just hold on because he's gonna get somebody or something in some kind of way to help you go through what you're going through just hold on jesus didn't use his spiritual power he just went till he couldn't but before he got to the place where he couldn't god gave him somebody to help him so that he couldn't make it to the top don't give up god's got you Serve him with the best that you have. He's got you. We're going to Esther 4, 10 through 14. Again, Esther spake unto Hadak and gave him commandments unto Mordecai. All the king's servants and the people of the king's provinces do know that what whosoever, whether man or woman, shall come unto the king into the inner court who is not called, there is one law of his to put him to death, except such to whom the king shall hold out the golden scepter that he may live. But I have not been called to come in unto the kings these thirty days. And they told to Mordecai Esther's words. Then Mordecai commanded to answer Esther, Think not with thyself that thou shalt escape in the king's house more than all the Jews. For if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed, and who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this. You know, God has blessed each and every one of us. All of us have been blessed. Esther, she was blessed to be very, very beautiful and to which they got her to be the king's wife. 
because God let her be a very beautiful woman. But it wasn't just so that she could be the king's wife. It was so that she could deliver the Jews. God is always a step ahead of everything. And see, by her going in there and him falling for her, he would give her her request, which would then free the Jews from getting killed and let them be able to stand up and fight for themselves because Mordecai was her, not by her uncle, I believe, but she looked to him as a dad. But Haman tried to kill all the Jews. God was always a step ahead of everything. Just because she was taken into captivity does not mean it was a bad thing. Just because you're suffering and going through something doesn't mean it's a bad thing. See, she had to become a slave and go through captivity and be captured in order for her to be able to free the Jews. So when you're going through something, don't always look at it as a bad thing. Look at it as how can I help or what is this doing for me and give God praise. Serve him with everything that you got. Because when she got there, then she said, you know I'm not supposed to go before the king. If I go in there and he doesn't hold out the golden scepter, I'll die. That's the decree. But she was obedient. Sometimes it looks like when you're going to go help somebody, the devil gets mad. And when he gets mad, he wants to fight. And he says, yeah, if you go and you help that person, I will kill you. But that's when you have to go in faith and in the power of God and pray and help people anyway because the God is the one that has the heart of everybody's hand in his hand so if you're going to pray for somebody and the devil wants to get frowny you need to stand up and pray anyway be obedient how can God work if we're not going to let him work through us what did Mordecai say God's going to raise up deliverance some other way if you don't do it he's going to do it so you may as well let him do it through you because if you don't you're going to perish and we're going to live if God wants to pray for somebody through you, you need to let him do it. If God wants to help somebody through you, you need to let him do it. And the only way you'll know that you are following God's will is if you stay with him. Give him your best and then you will be able to help others. When people walk in this church, they're not supposed to leave the same. But how can we give them deliverance if we're not delivered? How can we give them love if we don't have love? How can we give compassion if we don't have compassion? And the only way we're going to get that is through Jesus. Don't give him a mediocre sacrifice. Give him the best that we got. And then he'll give us his best and we will have to give to others. We will be able to show them why we have the hope. Of, of glory. We're going to Luke 22, 31 through 32. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee, that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. See, the devil is still desiring to have each and every one of us, that he can sift us as wheat. But Jesus prayed for Simon that his faith would not fail. We need to still let Jesus pray for his people through us, which means we need to pray for one another, that our faith fails not. We, don't, we shouldn't have a 30-second morning prayer or a 30-second prayer when we have so much to pray about. We have so much to pray about. We could pray for each other that our faith fails not. Because why? I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you guys are all going through. Except for what you tell me. 
but I don't need to know. If I just get on my knees and I say, Lord, remember Mikey, remember Philip, remember Isaac, I don't know what they're going through, but you do so. Will you be able to help them? I don't need to know what you're going through. Jesus does. So we need to let Jesus pray for us through us. Because he said, what you do to the least one, you're doing it to me. So if we cry out to God for each other, what do you think Jesus is going to do for us? He will cry out to God for us. He will mediate between us and God. And when he says, no, they're always praying for each other, I'm going to pray for them. And when Jesus prays for you, you will survive. You will make it when Jesus prays for you. All those problems, they won't be that big when Jesus starts praying. He told Satan or Peter what he was, the devil was trying to do. And he said, I've prayed for you. And you know how powerful his prayer was because later he told Peter how he was going to die. And Peter was already, his faith was not failed. He was already steadfastly in doing what he was supposed to do until he didn't care if they crucified him. He was going to stay with Jesus when Jesus prays for you. His words don't come back void. They accomplish everything they were set out to do. So when you need a little bit of strength and you got somebody praying for you, then you know that that strength will last throughout your trial. Pray for one another. Don't give God just the least. Give him your best. You want God's best? Give God your best and pray for each other. Always. We should always have something. To, we always do have something to pray about. But let us pray about it. Pray for one another that our faith fails not. We need to earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. Pray without ceasing. I need your prayers. You need our prayers. We all need the prayers of each other. And when we let Jesus use it, use us, we will see miracles. We will see signs and wonders. We will see deliverance. We will see freedom. But we got to let Jesus work through us. We got to give God our very, very best. Anything less is not going to work. Give God your best. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. We're going to open up the altar. If anyone needs prayer, just come up. God has been good.
open doors and no man can close them. And you can close doors and no man can open them. I'm asking my God that you will open up our spiritual understanding. That you will open up our spiritual eyes. That you will open up our spiritual ears, my God. That we may be able to know what is the calling that you have for us. We will know what you want us to do. We will know how to live a life that is pleasing and acceptable in your sight, my God. We will know, my God, how to go in and out among your people. In Jesus' wonderful name, my God, grant us wisdom, grant us understanding, grant us strength, grant us the power, and teach us how to use what you have already given us, my God. For you have already given us everything that we need. My God, bless us, oh Lord God, to use the gifts that you have given us. Stir up the gifts that are within us, my God. Lord, let us live a life that is so pleasing and acceptable unto you, my God. Let us deny the flesh, oh Lord God, and carry our cross every single day, my God. Let us watch, let us pray, let us be with you in Jesus' wonderful mighty name. My God, give us wisdom and understanding. Give us guidance, my God. Give us strength to stand, no matter what the situation may be. Give us the strength to stand. We will not turn to the right hand or to the left. We will keep our eyes on you in Jesus' wonderful mighty name. Lord God, remember Ezekiel in the name of Jesus. My Father, protect this child. Keep him from all harm and danger. Hide him under the shadows of your wings until the danger passes by. Give him wisdom. Give him understanding. Teach him how to read. Bless him to hide your word in his heart that he might not sin against you. My God, teach him right from wrong and let him choose the right. In the name of Jesus, my God, remember Mikey, oh Lord God. Give her the patience that she needs. Give her the words to say, to talk to the other women that she's around. That she may teach them that there is a God in Israel. That you will give her the words to speak. That you will give her the encouragement that she needs. In Jesus' wonderful mighty name. My Father, remember Philip, oh Lord God. Bless him and strengthen him, my God. Give him peace in the home, Lord. You are the God of peace. You're the only one, my God, that can change any situation to be for the good. You said all things work together for the good. To them that love God, to them are the called according to his purpose. My Father, let your will be done in his life and in his home. In Jesus' name. touches this Bible, God. Give him the Holy Ghost revelation. Give him more desire to walk with you. Fight for him when he can't fight for himself. My Father, every time that he needs 
something. Teach him that he can go to you. Teach him that he can find the answers in your word. Teach him, my Father, that you care, that you love him, that you will provide for him. In Jesus' wonderful, mighty name. My God, remember all those, oh Lord God, that could not be here. Watch over them and protect them. Remember Javi and Alice, oh Lord God, Emma and Jane, Abram and Isaiah. Grant them traveling mercy, oh Lord God. Thank you for taking care of them and bringing them back home safely, my God. Remember Laura, oh Lord. Grant her traveling mercy of those that are with her, my God. And bring them back home safely, oh Lord God. Remember all those that listen to these messages, my God. Remember all those that support this ministry. Remember all those that are lost and cannot find their way. My God, speak to them, oh Lord God. In Jesus' wonderful name, let our light so shine that everyone will see our good works and glorify our Father which is in heaven. Let it be, my God, that you will show yourself strong in this church that everyone will know that you are here in the name of Jesus. When they need deliverance, they can come to you. When they need happiness, they can come to you. When they need joy, they can come to you. When they are bound, they can come to you. And they will be set free in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. My Father, let it be that you show yourself strong in our behalf, in the behalf of all those whose hearts towards you. Only you can wash us and make us clean. Only you can make us perfect before you. Only you can lead us and guide us. And we thank you and we praise you, my God, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, remember all those that are struggling with what they believe. My God, you can show them that you are real. And I thank you and I praise you, my God. I lift up each and every one of the members of this church, my God. That you will use us in any way you want to use us. You will teach us how to go in and out among your people. You will pour out your spirit upon us. And let us prophesy. Let us work miracles. Let us heal the sick and raise the dead. Not us, but you through us. In Jesus' wonderful mighty name. Jesus, thank you, Jesus. Lord, I thank you and I praise you for what you've done. I thank you for what you're doing. And I thank you for what you're going to do. Through faith in Jesus, I thank you. My Father, let your will be done in each and every one of our lives. Let our prayers come up to you as incense. And the lifting up of our hands as an evening sacrifice. Be pleased. Be pleased with us, oh Lord God. Make it make yourself happy to call us your friends. Be pleased to take us for your inheritance. And you be our inheritance in Jesus' wonderful mighty name. Lord, remember all the leaders of this church. Remember all those that are learning to be leaders in this church. Remember all those, my God, that have a role 
God. Let us stick to the Bible. Let us follow the Bible. Let us not turn to the right hand or to the left. Don't let us be afraid of the faces of people, but to serve you with fear and trembling. Let us speak the truth and the truth only. Don't let us water it down. Don't let us pat people on the back. But let us lift them up. Give them the right hand of fellowship. And lift them and pull them out of the fire, my God. Use us in Jesus' wonderful name. You said the harvest truly is plenteous. But the laborers are few. We are saying here am I. Oh, Lord, send us into your vineyard. In Jesus' name. Remember every member. Remember, Lord, let us be your church. Let us be the church that you are coming back for. A church without a spot, a wrinkle, a blemish, or any such thing. Let us be that church that you have washed, that you have cleansed, that you have molded, that you have made in Jesus' wonderful name. Thank you for listening to this message as I hope it has been a blessing to you. Our goal is to show you the path of life and an opportunity of a lifetime. It is Christ's love and support that makes this opportunity possible. Please visit Guided Way Ministries online for more products, partnership, or to join. Visit us on Anchor to become a listener supporter. May God bless you, may He keep you, may He shine His face always upon you, and may He forever keep you.